Hi there, and welcome to Travel and Sip, a show that gives you a taste of the world. I'm Kieran, and I'm joined by my good friend, Ingrid. Hi. Through the show, we'll share our experience and love of travel to inspire you to see what the world has to offer. So today, Ingrid, where are we off to? Today, Kieran, we are off to another location that we both have been to and love back in the continent of Europe, and that is Tuscany in Italy. Ah, beautiful. One of my favourites. So, and Tuscany here you can see is kind of in the northern part of, uh, of Italy, there on the western coast, um, and takes in a number of cities that will be very, very familiar to you. Um, so the first of those being the capital, uh, Florence. Uh, Florence really steeped in history, um, but there's also some other familiar names that you might see here. So obviously, with Leaning Tower, um, Siena, Arezzo, and San Gimiano uh, are some that we uh, have come across quite a bit in our dealings and, and travelled to, to quite a few of these. Um, Ingrid, tell me about the first time you went to Tuscany. When was that? Well, I actually, Kieran, I've only really been to Tuscany once before. So, uh, yeah, believe it or not, of all my travel uh, and travel in Europe as well, I've actually really only spent time in Tuscany once. So uh, I went to Tuscany four years ago, uh, so 2016, and spent about a week uh, in the regional areas of Tuscany. So, yeah, come, came in by train into Florence. Uh, and then I think we've got, um, I think oh, we've got this been. photo of you here, the beautiful countryside. So you you yeah. caught a trade in from Florence. Where were you? Was it a trip around Italy that you were doing, or uh, it was just a couple of locations? So I actually came from Venice. So Venice via Bologna. We stopped in Bologna for a couple of hours just to have a bit of a wander around, and then from there went straight to Florence and picked up a car uh, from Florence. So that was the easy way to do it. Uh, so just getting the train in between the big cities and then picking up the car and driving straight out of town, basically, to try and avoid that city traffic. Um, and That's driving right. on the other part of the road is always a little bit tricky. So, yeah. And look, it's um, it's a great combo. And, and I've done uh, train and car myself uh, on trips within the region. And uh, the train's great. Um, particularly, I've, I've always seemed to be coming from Rome up to Florence. That seems to be, I've done it a few times. And, yeah. uh, and that's, I, I think, thinking back to the days where we were both selling train tickets, Ingrid, I think um, Rome to Florence was one of the uh, busiest routes that we um, that we booked, and it's uh, about an hour and a half on on the um, on the high speed service, which is always comfortable and a great a great trip. But uh, but it's really great, as you said, you you went to some regional areas. I, I was lucky enough to go last year and, and do a similar um, and and did a driving holiday, and it's uh, it was a fantastic way just to get into the little nooks and crannies um, because there are some beautiful places that are off the beaten track. Uh, in Tuscany as well. There is, um, absolutely. And we've got some wine today, Kieran, as well, that we're going to drink while we chat about Tuscany, of course. Well, indeed. And what would you say would be the um, the main wine drunk in the region? Uh, the Sangiovese grape. So, yeah, so if yeah. people are familiar with the Sangiovese grape, that is absolutely uh, the wine of the Tuscan region. Uh, and that is when you see, you know, a Tuscan wine or a Chianti um, and that sort of that sort of thing, they generally are made predominantly with Sangiovese grape. Uh, Great. So that's where it comes from. And yeah. what is your little tipple to for today? 
So for today, uh, I wanted to get something uh, a little bit different, but I've picked up this bottle here uh, from a local bottle shop, and it's a Dogajolo uh, from Tuscany, uh, from Carpenetto Winery. So it's a Sangiovese blend. So this one's actually got a little dash of Cab Sav in it as well. Yep. Predominantly okay. sandy basey uh, with a little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon. So that is what I am drinking this afternoon. Beautiful. And and for myself, I've got um, I've got a Chianti, uh, yes. which is uh, a Santa Margarita uh, Chianti. And look, when I was looking in the bottle shop today for um, for a Tuscan wine, obviously went for a Chianti, which is famous from the region. Uh, but this one stood out to me. I've got a story about Santa Margarita. Uh, okay. It's uh, Santa Margarita, there is a, the Basilica of Santa Margarita in Cortona, uh, another popular little town in uh, Tuscany. And yep. Cortona is built on a hill. Everything is uphill. And uh, if you keep going up uphill, eventually you reach the Basilica of Santa Margarita. Uh, and if you venture into the Basilica, you can actually meet Santa Margarita herself. Um, Santa Margarita is... Um, She's quiet because she was is from the 13th century, but uh, you can go up there and visit her. And um, one thing when you're traveling around Europe, you see from time to time is um, relics and, and um, saints and these sort of things. And Santa Margarita is one of those. So um, she holds a special place in my heart in Tuscany. And uh, I thought I'd drink it to Margarita to celebrate. Very good. That. Well, salute to Santa Margarita then. And salute to, indeed. All right. So. Look about uh, visiting the area. Florence is um, obviously the the main city, uh, the capital city there of Tuscany. Yeah. But probably the next most famous city, arguably, would be Pisa. And um, Pisa, famous for, of course, for its Leaning Tower. Leaning this was my tower. first trip um, back there, about uh, in two thousand and two, um, to see to see the Leaning Tower, and um, it's quite a sight. Like it's one of those things that you, yeah. Well, that's right. I know. Anyway, there you go. I think time moves on, but um, but the Leaning Tower still leans and uh, and still at the same angle, although maybe even at a slightly increased angle, perhaps because I think it's still um still moving from what I understand. Still moves. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know certainly in two thousand and two, you could um you could pay fifteen euro and go up the top. I don't know if you. I'm pretty sure last time I went there, which was on uh, which was two thousand and nine, um you couldn't go up there anymore because it was a little bit too dangerous. But I haven't okay. been back there since. So. If, um, yeah. if anyone knows that we can still go on there, that'd be that'd be great to know. But um, yeah. but certainly, uh, have you visited? Did you do Pisa on yours? Um, your trip no, I didn't. No. So I've actually so whilst I've only really travelled in Tuscany once, I uh, went out to the east from Florence. So when we picked up the car, we actually went sort of southeast from there and spent most of our time. So stayed in a villa. Uh, that was uh, in, it was called Villa Fontalunga, uh, in a small, tiny little town in the middle of nowhere uh, in central sort of Tuscany. Uh, I've actually got a photo of it um, up there, Kieran, but I, I don't know if it, we'll probably have a look at it later. Yep, there it is, Villa there Fontalunga. It is. Uh, their beautiful puppy dog that they have. So we've got a couple of dogs, the owners uh, of the villa, and great place to stay. Uh, Fairly boutique, small, but really homely. Uh, they do, you know, fam what they call family dinners a couple of nights a week where Nonna comes and cooks uh, cooks up some food and everyone sits in the courtyard together, all the guests. And uh, it's a great way to feel, you know, like you really got that true, authentic Italian experience. Um, well, it, and 
really easy to get everywhere from there. So we really enjoyed it. Well, that's great. And look, I've got to see, like, I know I went to um, this restaurant last last year. It was our last time in Tuscany and um, we stayed uh, in near Arezzo um, yeah. and in a little place called uh, Monticello. Mont Monticello. Uh, oh, yeah. And went to this little restaurant here, uh, which was uh, La. I'm trying. I've written it down here. Once it's uh, La Comendina was the restaurant, okay. and they did this great food. We went there twice. It was just a short stroll in this little country town um, from where we were staying at uh, Villa Chilnia. And the last time we went there, the um, the waiter there who we'd been talking to and making friends with, he he went into the kitchen, and out of the kitchen came his mama and his auntie, and it was a whole family affair in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and the food, the food was just incredible. And I've got a couple of photos from inside. Like they had all this lovely oh, wow. wine, beautiful, you know, just us enjoying a little meal there. And, yeah. um, you know, just sensational. But the thing that really stood out, and I think you get this a lot in Tuscany, is um, that real family vibe. And it's so the people are so friendly. Yeah, they are. They love it. They love to chat. They love to learn about you, where you're from, why you want to visit their, um, their small towns. And I think that's the real... I think that's the really great thing about being able to get out of just Florence, Arezzo, Siena and those larger sort of towns that are perhaps the ones, the key points that people want to visit. But if you actually, if you can and you're comfortable enough to hire a car or jump on a tour, um, you know, for a few days or um, stay somewhere where they can transport you around to some of those smaller towns, that's where you really get that true Tuscan uh, experience, I believe. And you, you get a little bit of the inside word. Like last year when we were there, we had a friend uh, that we knew and he, he's a chef and uh, he took us on a trip to a little uh, winery called Villa La Ripa. And, okay. uh, and this is this is a villa that dates back from, from the 16th century. Uh, and wow. the, the first owner there, there's a tapestry there that was given to the owner by the Medici family, um, these sort of things. And this chapel with a painting from the 1600s of the villa and the villa looks exactly the same. I'm just yeah. trying to think I, think, I think I've got some photos I can bring up in a sec, but, um, but it was just a magnificent uh, villa that you just would never have found if you, um, if you didn't have a car if you were just staying in the cities, that sort of stuff. So it's really great to explore. And, in fact, um, we did a wine and an olive oil tasting um, there. So this was a selection of their wines. But the other thing was their olive oil hybrid, and um, it's beautiful. So it says Psycho, and there's a story because I've got um, as well their olive oil, which is a award-winning olive oil, and this too is a Psycho olive oil. Um <laughs> And the, the story behind that is that the owner is a psychiatrist. So he basically, the story we were told is that he named his wine and his olive oil. He had a psycho range really to give tribute to the people who paid for him to restore this villa because it was all those bills from um, patients of his psychiatry practice that flipped the bill for uh, <laughs> for restoring this, this 16th century villa. So, yeah, that's so cool. that was his tribute to them. Um, I like but it. really... The olive oil, I've got a little sample here, so um, so I'm going to get it. It's so delicious. Like, really, you could just drink a glass of that. Maybe I wouldn't recommend that for your health. But, um, you know. <laughs> it's probably not the healthiest thing to do, but dip some bread in Very it. Very tasty. Dip some yeah. bread. And, you, hey, fun fact, Ingrid, do you know um, that Tuscan bread is traditionally that one important ingredient? Guess what that is? I have no idea. 
there's not that many ingredients in bread. Salt, it's without salt. And it actually, you taste it a lot. So they have this great produce in Tuscany, um, like the olive oil and salamis and, and these sort of things that um, have such vibrant flavour because of the fertile ground that you just don't need salt. So um, don't eat the bread by itself because it's a little bit bland by itself, but accompanied with any of that Tuscan uh, food, it's just delicious. So fact for the day. There you go. That's a cool little fact. I like it. <laughs> well, if you are right. So tell me a bit more about your... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Kieran. So my yeah. so my experience in Tuscany was very food focused um, as yep. well. So uh, I actually went to a couple of uh, Michelin star restaurants. So if something that okay. is your is what what you like to experience is that real true uh, you know food experience and upmarket food experience, then I can definitely recommend Tuscany for Michelin star restaurants. So I visited one called Arnolfo, which was a two-star Michelin restaurant, and another one called uh, Il Falconieri, uh, which is a one Michelin star restaurant, uh, and then went to these amazing little towns. So this is actually a picture of me in one in one of the little towns. So this is Montepulciano. I'm not sure if you visited Montepulciano uh, as well. Kieran, but no. I loved it for their little shops they had everywhere. So they did all of these charcuterie. They made their own charcuterie. They've got the salamis hanging down and everything there. And um, then I've also got a photo of some cheese. Uh, so ash-covered uh, pecorino as well that was that they were making there. So just amazing, like just beautiful produce that you can actually go in, you can have sample uh, and taste as well. And one of my other things that I loved about Florence, if you just, you know, maybe you don't necessarily want to go to a Michelin star restaurant. And that's why I say, you know, shops like this are awesome for that. But Bistecca alla Fiorentina, did you have a Florentine steak while you were in Florence? I, sh I sure did, Ingrid. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy be one of yeah. Amazing. Huge, oh, big. It's, so, it's crazy, actually. I've just got, I've got one here. So um, this is my little food odyssey. Oh, so man. there's my Florentine steak, um, which was just, a, and we had that in Florence. I think when you're, it's like winning mm. Rome, you know, obviously, but when in Florence, you have a Florentine. Um, and some of these other meals here, we, I found there was a lot of truffle. Did you find that in Tuscany? A lot of truffle in the meals. Oh, really? Uh, I can't remember there being a lot of truffle, but yeah, it could have been a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had so much truffle in my life. And certainly yeah. this truffle pasta at La Comandina was, uh, was sensational. But do you know, my favourite meal was this one in the middle, and mine was the um, just the pasta with a tomato sauce. It was the uh, pitchy yeah. pasta, which is a, a Tuscan type uh, style of pasta, and uh, it's kind of thick um, and, and round and uh, just with a real plain tomato sauce, and it was still the, um, the dish that I, I can remember uh, most fondly, I think, from, from that whole time, and that was, uh, that was in a little place in Cortona. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I definitely recommend the food. I have to say, though, Ingrid, I do have one um, experience from one of my trips, uh, which was in Florence, and uh, it was not. It was a negative food experience, where we okay. ordered a gelato, a gelato, um, and got there, got the gelato, started licking it, then the then you know gave a, a ten euro to expecting some change back, and, she, and the lady says, "No, nah, no, nah, this is not enough." Uh, so what are you talking about? Behind the desk. Was a little um, little with the tourist prices. It was fifteen euros per gelato. Um, can you believe it? Which uh, I think at that state it was about fifty Aussie dollars, which is just ridiculous. But that's, um, that's 
outrageous. Always check the pricing. This is a hot tip. (laughs) Always check the pricing first, exactly. And that was at the Ponte Vecchio, just at the end of the Ponte Vecchio. Um, So if you're going to Florence and you're at the Ponte Vecchio and looking for a gelati, always ask for the price first. That's very good. Absolutely. Yeah. But other than that, excellent food, excellent wine, excellent place to visit. Is there anything you would add um, in summary of your time in Tuscany, Ingrid? I would say as well, my thing with the small, I think I've got a couple of other little photos of the countryside there when you're driving driving through as well, um, the Tuscan countryside. Just the small towns, taking some time to walk around. I think, you know, finding a place where you can park your car, see this is the hills and everything around all the towns. This is what it looks like. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So taking some time to drive, to enjoy it, yeah, these tiny little squares in each town. Um, That one was Monte Regioni, that one there. So it's Mm. just some gorgeous little towns everywhere. Montalcino has a fortress uh, that you can see as well. Uh, So there's – and a couple of great wineries that I went to. So I went to one called Avignonesi. Uh, winery which you could do a tour in they had a beautiful uh, restaurant where you could have lunch and I also went to this other one that was tiny 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 uh, family owned winery which was recommended by where we stayed and it was just in the village next to Villa Fontalunga it was called Mm -hmm. Santa Victoria and it was just spectacular I still remember the guy who was an older guy uh, showed us around we were the only tourists there he hardly spoke a word of English and he just sort of showed us all different things of of what he'd been doing in his winery and his cellar for, you know, centuries basically with his family generations Uh, and it was incredible. I loved it. So I think just taking that time to talk to local people and see things that aren't necessarily in the big cities, I think that's important in Tuscany. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Ingrid, and it is. There's such wonderful people and um, a couple of things. I I have to agree with you on both points. Like I think uh, driving around and seeing the little little towns is is a must do in Tuscany. And and certainly I was very appreciative that um, it was my driving in Italy last year. And you just know you're in Tuscany when we we drove up from Sorrento, from the south. And after a couple of hours, you just know you're in Tuscany because you see these wonderful olive and uh, sorry, olive wine vineyards uh, as you sort of get into into Tuscany and uh, and it just just looks like Tuscany rolling hills it's such beautiful countryside and the people reflect that it's um it's a place that you can relax um you can really you know take it take a few days and just chill out and go and taste some good wine some good food um talk to the people the first time I was in Tuscany again when I was backpacking around at 18 I remember I, my my hostel was up the top of this hill and uh, it was about a kilometre walk up the hill, and um, and I was walking up there with my big backpack, and this car just pulled up next to me and said, Ostello, uh, and I said, he, I gave him the thumbs up, jumped in the car, and she just lived next door. Um, the hostel wasn't open, so there was me and a couple of other people waiting for the opening time, so she came out with her, her brother, who was a priest, and they brought some wine out, and we all just drank wine and just speaking sorry Italian they didn't speak English but you just um, converse over wine and have a friendly chat and um, and it's those type of experiences that really uh, help you fall in love with the destination and Tuscany certainly one of those for me I think yeah it's the best for that absolutely so on that note Kieran drink well yes. and travel often. salute salute to you and until next time